You're listening to The Bottom Line with Eric Parkala of Barkla Sports and Dana Lane of Dana Lane Sports. Hello, you're listening to The Bottom Line. I am Eric Parkala from ParkalaSports.com, and with me again this week is my co-host Dana Lane. How you doing, Dana? Good, man. What a what another crazy week in the sports, and we were we we're talking about you know before we went on the air uh, as handicappers sometimes that we take the blame and we get the praise for you know backdoor covers and you know things that happen in the last two minutes and you know one of the things that I think that people have to understand as we watch the NFL specifically the the Tampa Bay Minnesota game is listen these things happen in the last 30 seconds you know we we got you on the right side if I mean I'm not talking it was right or wrong at any game but just to kind of play off of our conversation you know your handicapper should be measured based upon either blowout wins or blowout losses you know solid wins and solid losses man these games that come down to the last two minutes i if there's a last second pick six that covers a spread for me i'm not sure i should take credit for that nor should i not take credit for or nor should i uh, be the brunt of uh you know people that are not happy if there's a last second pick six as well i mean that that's the way these games go and the nfl is absolutely so unpredictable you know i mean i should let you i know we're introing but this is it is unbelievable how unpredictable this is the steelers this week you know two weeks ago probably since the jets game that they were absolutely absent offensively and now all of a sudden they're fantastic yeah it was uh i don't think anybody really saw that coming out of the uh coming out of the coming out for the Colts. I mean, Pittsburgh just pretty much came out there and stomped on them right from the start. And even going back to that Monday night game, if Houston doesn't melt down in the last three minutes of the half, Houston might have won that game. That's right. So That's right. I don't think anybody really expected the Colts to come out and uh, get hammered the way they did by Pittsburgh. You know, and I think these are one of the many reasons why the NFL is absolutely so popular. Because these games, most of the time, I mean, what, what the New England-Chicago game didn't. And it, most of the time, they go right down to the wire. Your number is always in play. Even in Detroit-Atlanta, I mean, as big of a blowout as that looked in the first half, I mean, your number, you, you were close to thinking you had a chance in that game. Um, if you were at three and a half in that game, obviously, you were kind of chasing that hook a little bit. But, um, you know, hoping that Detroit would get the touchdown at the end. Um, but you know, this is what's so exciting about professional football. And it seems like these games are getting closer and closer every single week. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a a great time of year. Why don't you tell everybody what you got going on over at Dana Lane Sports? Okay. Well, as usual, you can go to my website at danalanesports.com. Uh, all our packages are up there. We have packages now, uh, for the, uh, for obviously for football, uh, Major League Baseball uh, with a few games left in the World Series. The NHL is off and running. They're about 10 games into their season. Of course, the NBA starting up. We have NBA packages as well, and college basketball is right around the corner. Follow me on Twitter at Dana Lane Sports. Uh, love to interact with people. and Just uh, just working hard trying to get you some winners, and we do it honestly. And 
uh, all we ask for is a little trust and we're gonna we're gonna try to put some money in your pocket and you can get a hold of me uh on twitter at parkala sports that's p-a-r-k-i-l-a sports website is parkalasports.com and we have our packages up there and uh, if anybody ever has any questions, Twitter, or you can email me, eric at parkalasports.com. We have, uh, we're going to do our, kind of go with the same theme that we have the last couple weeks with three free picks each. Let's do our records, though. You want to do records? Okay. Yeah, because I, we we didn't, when we first started to do this, and, and I don't know what show we're on right now, but, you know, we started to, um, when we first started to do this, we were doing kind of like a talk show type thing with different issues and things. And then we started to do picks and then we decided to keep uh, track of our picks. So even though we've been doing this a long time, I think we only have 14 picks that we're tracking, but we'll, we'll track them on a, on a weekly basis and then, you know, see how things are going, but we've done very well together yes yes i had a i had a difficult week last week uh, ohio state looked like they were rolling james franklin made some amazing second half adjustments and penn state came back to almost beat ohio state in overtime and then uh the uh, utah game usc no reason they should have lost that game i'll get to that a little bit later but my record now is eight six and one uh dana eight and five that gives us a combined record of 16 11 and one uh, about fifty nine point three percent there, so that's yeah, about. And I know what you're saying. About, that's amazing because I don't know how to figure in that tie. I just well, I, typically ties. I just wipe them off the record exactly, because they're they're. Exactly. I don't. You get know. your money back. There is an equation though with the tie. You factor in there. Is there? I don't know. Listen, I'm not smart enough to know how to do it. I think you. Um, I'm not sure how you do it, but it does affect your percentage because of the tie. Um, but. For for all intents and purposes, because the tie ends in a push, it really is a game that you just throw out. So, um, so that we we've been doing pretty well, and we'll throw out that tie. Yeah. So fifty nine point three percent, and I'm gonna start with three forty five Auburn at three forty six Mississippi. I'm gonna take Auburn plus three. Uh, there's two tough games for Miss for Ole Miss going against LSU and Baton Rouge, and now taking on Auburn. I don't think anybody really expected Ole Miss to be this good, and this could be where they fall. You often see when a team loses their first game, it's tough to bounce back. And we saw UCLA lose to Utah a couple weeks ago, uh, four weeks ago now, I think. And then they got blown out against Oregon. Those were both at home for UCLA. So that was a tough game against LSU. I'm not sure how well they respond here. And the first time Auburn will be an underdog this year, the Tigers were underdogs four times last season. And they covered all four of them, losing straight up just once to LSU. Auburn has yet to drop three straight ATS this season. Uh, they've lost their last two against the spread, uh, obviously laying those huge points to South Carolina last week. But I don't believe this will be a bounce back spot for Ole Miss. I just think this is going to be reality. I mean, I don't think anybody expected Ole Miss to be undefeated at this point in the season anyway. So I think Auburn gets the, the straight up win. But if you're going to give me points, I'll take those also. Yeah, well, the college football is absolutely on its head. This four-game playoff four-team playoff is giving even these teams with one losses. I mean, you talk about Michigan State, and we're still talking about Notre Dame. And, I mean, you know, Notre Dame theoretically should maybe still be undefeated. That depends on what side of the ledger you're on on that. But, um, you know, they're going to find out soon because that the one thing that's better than a four-team playoff is a six-team playoff. <laughs> You know, yeah, and then we're going to get to the point 
we're we're really we're gonna have a twelve team playoff. I think that to me is the best scenario. You really get the top twelve teams um, because if it ended today, you can't tell me that TCU wouldn't have a shot against Florida State. Well, there's a ton of one loss teams. I mean, look at Arizona and Arizona State. Absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, Utah's another one of them. Utah's another one. ASU's got a big game this weekend. I mean, th- this playoffs puts a lot more emphasis on uh, puts a lot more emphasis on the regular season, whereas uh, maybe um, uh, you know maybe it puts a lot more emphasis on a regular season because even if you know most time most of the time, and I knew. You know, it wasn't as much when the BCS um, came into effect, and uh, but I knew that if your team lost one game, you were done. You were not going to win a national title. And so now we have a bunch of teams that have win- won lost games and, and or have lost a game, and now they all still have an opportunity to play for a national title. And I think that creates a tremendous amount of experience. I mean, we've, we've known that as fans for 20 years now. Now, I don't know why it took them so long. Well, I do know why, because it's about money, and we have to figure out how that's going to be distributed. But that brings me to my first game in a team that has to impress. They have no choice. And unfortunately, this game between Notre Dame and Navy – has been a series that has produced a tremendous amount of respect. Both institutions look forward to this game. This is Navy Super Bowl. Notre Dame has a tremendous amount of respect for Navy. And Navy, you know, we've seen in the past where they've come up and in, in, despite Notre Dame's overall success, overwhelming success against Navy, we've seen where Navy has come up and, and bit Notre Dame a couple of times. So this is an extremely important game for Notre Dame and we've seen this line uh, fluctuate I've seen it as high as 17 now it's down to 15 this this morning Um, Notre Dame needs to gain the respect and the attention of the committee so they need to win this game into they need to win this game by 30 they really need to pound Navy and I have no desire to go on the Navy Navy side um, because of the fact that Notre Dame's coming off a bye week, which in, a, in many, many different instances, I don't feel like is a, it, it depends on the makeup of your team. Sometimes that bye week can hurt you. Sometimes it, it can help you. And I think when you're a mentally tough team like Notre Dame, I think it can only help them in this situation, um, giving two weeks to, to, to prepare for Navy. And I, I, unfortunately, in a rivalry that is built on respect, I think this game needs to get extremely disrespectful for Notre Dame to, to, uh, to gain the attention of the committee. You know, the Irish have covered five of their last seven games. Uh, Navy has failed to cover four of their last five. The road team in this series has covered 16 out of the last 19 games, and the road team in this case is Notre Dame. Um, There are a few common threads with this Notre Dame team, with the national title team. First, they have a tremendous leader. I know Golson was was there um, in in the 2012 year. 
but he wasn't the big leader there. Of course, Manti Teo was, but now Golson is the leader. They have tremendous uh, mental toughness. They have great team chemistry. This Notre Dame team could be better than the one that went to play Alabama in the national title game. Um, at 15, which we're going to take that number right now and put it in stone, at 15, I certainly like Notre Dame in this position and a position that they have to go and they have to impress and they have to crush Navy and hopefully do it in a respectful manner. But this is a big game for Notre Dame. They cannot win this game by 8 to 10 points and, and hope to uh, be in the uh, be in the chatter for the national title game. And it, the good thing about this, or the 14 playoff, the good thing about it is being in the SEC works for you and it works against you. Because if it works for you, you, you win these games, you're going to be in the, in the national title game. But because you're always playing ranked teams every single week, man, you could get buried really quick. And now Notre Dame is kind of through their tough part of their schedule, and now they can kind of, you know, take care of business. And the SCC, their strength and their dominance, which we just got through hearing you talk about uh, your your first play, you know, we, we see where they're going to play each other and continue to knock each other off, and there's no way a two- or three-loss SCC team is going to go to a playoff uh, against a very, very public Notre Dame team. Yes, yes. So, all right, on to my next play, I'm going to go 385 Arizona at 386 UCLA. Uh, last time I checked, Arizona was getting four and a half points. I'm going to take that. This isn't a play as much on Arizona, although Arizona has been pretty good this year also, as it is against UCLA. Uh, UCLA should have lost to Cal and Colorado the past two weeks. They should be 0-4 in their last four games. They have covered just once this season, and that was against Arizona State. Hunley has looked terrible. Um, despite his numbers, he hasn't made great throws. The offense is set up to get guys into space, and he can't hit tight windows. Hunley may just be ready to move on to the NFL and be done with college. I mean, wow, he, he came there. Yeah, he came back to uh, you know play his senior season, and it's been a disappointment. That's for sure. Uh, the Bruins, they've played with fire the last two weeks. And Arizona, they're good enough to come back. And it's they're good enough to come back and bite them this week. I just, I see a close game. And I see UCLA actually losing this one outright. But, again, getting points, even at home for your, the, the Bruins, I'm going to take Arizona. You know, not much stats here, just more of a, uh, a feeling I have. And ha having watched every UCLA game, well, except for last week because they were on the Pac-12 network. And nobody gets the Pac-12 network. That's true. <laughs> but... I've watched the UCLA games, and I, I haven't really been impressed with what I've seen. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. Um, my next play has fluctuated a little bit, and I like this a lot better at five than I do now at three. But BC is going into Blacksburg, which usually means something. It's funny how hard of a place – or how tough of a place a, a stadium can be when your team is good. But when your team is not good, all of a sudden that great home field advantage doesn't mean anything. And again, it's still, you know, it's, you know, like we, we talked about, I just saw a thing 
this week where Kansas City was anointed the best fans again because they were the loudest. Well, what happened to Seattle? Well, what happened is they weren't playing as well as they did last year. So now all of a sudden the 12th man isn't the the, the big story anymore. So, yes, these places are tough, but they're not as tough if you're playing against a team that just doesn't have what it takes to beat you. Uh, and I and I say, say that in relation to this game because, you know, before we start, labeling this as a revenge game for for Virginia Tech because of last year's 34-27 loss to BC. Uh, Let's not forget that Virginia Tech has still won 8 of 10 games against BC and have have won 15 of 22 games against BC overall. So, you know, we make the mistake sometimes as, as, as betters. We make the mistake of thinking, Oh, this is a revenge game. Well, they won. I guess they don't want revenge anymore. No, that's not necessarily always true. Just because you win a game doesn't mean you don't want to win another because some wins are satisfying, but it doesn't put the quote-unquote revenge factor to sleep. I think BC thinks, yeah, we won at home last year. But I think we want a little bit more Virginia Tech because we see what Virginia Tech has done at home this year. They come off a 30-6 to loss against Miami. Their only uh, two wins at home was against William and, Mary, William and Mary in Western Michigan. And I think BC can smell a little blood, and I think they would get tremendous satisfaction going into Blacksburg and beating Virginia Tech. The Eagles have covered eight out of the last nine games following an ATS loss. That means they bounce back from a subpar performance, whereas the Hokies have failed to cover five of their last six. And in this series, BC has covered 11 out of the last 16 meetings. Uh, I don't want any part of the Virginia Tech team that I saw last week, so I will take the BC team that already has shown that they can win big games i'll take the three points i'd rather have the five but we'll go with the three in this situation yeah and i actually looked up this stat after virginia tech lost to miami last week last time virginia tech lost three home games in one season 1992 yeah so they've already hit that mark now yeah and that and that's what happens i mean that kind of plays into what i'm saying is you the fans know this okay fans energy is a direct reflection of where they think you can go as a team. Fans know we just got slapped by Miami in our house. They know they beat William and Mary in Western Michigan. They know they've lost, uh, you know, three times already in Blacksburg, or is it twice already in Blacksburg? Three times. They've lost, Virginia Tech's lost three times at three home. Three times are right. Okay, yeah. so they've lost three times at home right now. Yeah, East Carolina, Georgia Tech, and Miami. Okay. So the energy that comes, that that creates that home field advantage is not as great as it would have been if they beat Miami last week. Because what a victory over Miami would have done is given them hope. And hope is the creator of energy and, and you know, they can they have a focus and a vision of where they can go as a team and as a university. You lose to Miami and you you're two and three at home. 
that is not Beamer football, and that is not a home field advantage. Uh, you know, take Michigan for an example. You know, you could put what 110,000 in Michigan Stadium. Yeah. You think anybody cares right now? Nobody fears going into Michigan. And I and I'm sorry, I don't mean to use that against you, but that's just the first thought. Yeah. You know, that's the first thought that comes to my mind because once fans, they might get a little hype for the first quarters, but once they start thinking, here we go again, they sit on their hands, they eat hot dogs, and they drink beer. Yeah. yeah and they wonder why they're not Notre Dame fans. <laughs> All right, moving on. I'm going to go to uh, 389 Utah at 390 Arizona State. Arizona State laying four and a half. Utah has been very fortunate the past three weeks. Again, same situation as UCLA. Uh, against UCLA, Fairbarn goes wide right, and they win by two. That easily could have been a loss for them. Against Oregon State, they win in OT after almost blowing a fourth-quarter lead, and don't even get me started with what happened in the USC game uh, this past week. That killed me, too. Of course, I had the uh, the Trojans, and on fourth and two at the Utah 28, instead of kicking the field goal to go up by seven, right. Sarkeesian decides to go for it. Well, they have the first down, except the uh, ball carrier steps out of bounds a yard shy. Now, with 2.08 left, down four, Utah needs a touchdown. USC, of course, they do what every drives every sports better mad, and they go into a prevent defense to keep the, uh, the big play from happening. And when, when you do that, what you essentially do is allow short passes, and I think Utah might have had two timeouts and – in college football, two minutes with the clock stopping every first down, two minutes is forever. So there's you might as well play defense the way you have played defense the entire game. So now in prevent defense, USC allows Utah to get to the one-yard line. Utah then runs the same exact play that Notre Dame did to beat FSU. The exact same play, and I actually took a screenshot. You're absolutely picture. right. They did beat FSU. Yeah, I actually took a screenshot, and you can see that picture on my, my Twitter. And plain as day, you see the wide receiver from Utah set a pick and hold the DB from uh, USC. He's not able to get to the, the wide receiver for Utah, and Utah wins the game. They didn't call the OPI like they did against Notre Dame. The Pac-12 refs, I'm not, I don't like to get into referees because it's just – I think it's a cop-out. Uh, USC should have won the game. They should have kicked the field goal and at least you know made it a uh, seven-point game. They shouldn't have played prevent defense. There's a lot of things USC shouldn't have done. So, But the Pac-12 refs have been terrible this year. Uh, similar to UCLA, Utah's luck, I think they, I think it runs out this week on the road against a streaking Sun Devils team. So I'm going to take Arizona State laying the four and a half. I hope you're right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I mean, as Utah being a former member of the Mountain West and me with a half of my allegiance to UNLV – uh, I was, for 20 years, really against Utah. In fact, Utah and BYU. And, of course, at the other half of my allegiance with Notre Dame, I was anti-USC. So I'd be happy if they just kind of tied, but I guess that can't happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, if USC loses this game, I mean, that wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't make me too unhappy. So Utah? Oh, yeah, if, if Utah loses this game, it wouldn't make me too unhappy. Um, my third game is East Carolina and Temple. I'm going to go ahead, and it, and it looks like offensively East Carolina has struggled a little bit. Um, I know they struggled against UConn last week, and the, and the Pirates missed a, a 
what seems like two or three at least huge plays that would have blown this game open and covered the spread. Um, we tend to think of East Carolina as this pass-happy team, but um, that's not entirely true where – you know, after five games this year, the Pirates have rushed for more yards than they ever had in the in in the um, or I'm, I, that they haven't had. Boy, I tell you, I can't talk. They rushed for more yards in the first five games than they had in 13 years of the in the last 13 years of the program. Uh, that has fallen off the last couple weeks because when you can't throw the ball, they're a team that throws the ball to set up the pass. So when you can't throw the ball, then you're not able to rush it as well. And that's why they've had a lot of problems um, not putting up the big numbers that we're used to. Um, Temple lost by 20 points against South, uh, Central Florida on Saturday. So my thinking is how, even though they're playing at home in Philadelphia, now you lose by 20 to Central Florida, how are you supposed to stay within eight of East Carolina, even with their recent struggles. And the Pirates are 10-3 and three, uh, in their last 13 games on grass, which is, you know, it's it's kind of a crazy stab. But, you know, sometimes when you think of big offensive explosive teams, you shy away a little bit when they, when they don't play on a field turf or they play on, um, you know, surfaces that would – uh, suggest that they wouldn't have as much uh, speed on those surfaces, but they've done extremely well on those. And uh, at seven and a half, which is a, one of the few numbers that I thought was not going to stay stable, uh, it certainly has stayed stable uh, since it's come out. And I, man, I, I have no problem laying seven and a half against Temple. I, I just don't see, uh, even though Temple, uh, a team that was considered of at one point in time to be taken off uh, to not be a division one team uh, they were taken off the board many times you know 15 16 years ago and now here they are at four and three tremendous turnaround uh, for that university and for that football program but in this situation i think they're way over their head and you know watching them against central florida i can't see how they would put in a better performance against a a better team so I have no problem laying the seven and a half with East Carolina over Temple. So that is my third play. And uh, so, no, so the recap: we have Notre Dame minus fifteen, Boston College plus three, and East Carolina minus seven and a half. What was your three plays? Uh, to recap mine, I've got Auburn plus three, Arizona plus four and a half, and Arizona State minus four point five, minus four and a half. We'll go with minus four and a half there. Uh, one th- quick thing on Temple is I'm looking at these lines and plus nine against Houston, plus six and a half against Central Florida, and now they're getting plus seven and a half at home against East Carolina. So Something weird about yeah, the Yeah, th- those numbers don't really add up to me. But, you know, sometimes when you try to overthink things, I, I've seen it, and I, I know there's been some recent examples of this, but um, what was it? It might have been Cincinnati last week, something like that, where you just – sit there and said god how can this line be so low and yeah. lo and behold it was just kind of oh i know what it was i mean you go back to notre dame and syracuse and i think the line was like 11 or 12 or something like that and you just sit there and say this is not a true syracuse home game there's just as many notre dame fans if not more in the new york new jersey area so you know this this line doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, so con- the the conspiracy betters that would look for 
you know, lines that didn't make sense and went the other way, it would have got crushed that day. And, and I think we're looking at the same situation here. East Carolina, talent-wise, is head and shoulders above Temple. and does not bother me that they're going to Philadelphia to play. I don't think it's a tremendous home field advantage for Temple. Um, so I have no problem laying that number. Yeah, I agree. So six plays for, uh, for you guys this week, free plays. And let's see, record here, combined, 16, 11, and 1, about 59.3%. So if again. one of us falls under 50% or 52%, are we just going to give like, well, like, so if we're both, if one of us is under 500 and the other one's like 10 over, we're going to go, hey, combined. We're just going to start giving out combined So the records. one that's under is going to just ride the coattail. Yeah. So like in two weeks, I'm going to say, well, geez, Eric, you know, combined, we're amazing. Yeah. So thank you for picking up for me. You know what? I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but say never in the yeah. NFL and college. College football has been screwy this year. Yeah, you know, um so what are we gonna do? You know, basketball is starting, so what do we do after after football? I mean what do we I mean, you're not a big hockey guy, right? No, not a big hockey guy at all. I might have to start betting hockey though. <laughs> do you I mean do you um you like basketball? Yeah, we can we can do a little basketball talk. I mean, do you, what do you like, pro or college better? I like college better. So, okay. So maybe we'll come up with something. Because we do this show on a Monday. So maybe we'll have to come up with a way to give. I was thinking of this when, we were, when I was coming over today. I was thinking that we could give. And it's difficult on a Monday to do these. But Wednesday's a big college basketball day. Thursday's a big NBA day, or Friday's a big NBA day. So maybe we could do I'll, – I'll, maybe I'll throw in a hockey game. And we'll say, okay, well, this is our guess at the line. If it's not within three points of our guess, then the, then the play is off, win or lose. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot easier. That's what was make football so nice is that the lines are out seven days in advance. You can't get a basketball game out five days in advance. Well, maybe I can get you to do two podcasts a week. We can try that. Yeah. So spread we're we're that. both spread pretty yeah. thin as we'll, it is. We'll stop the show and he's like, What are you talking about? I can't do two a week. That's crazy. Maybe we could do like a quick fifteen, twenty minute show. That's not too bad. That that's silly talk. Yeah, that is I mean we're we're at thirty minutes now and that's pretty good for us. That's well, it's good. I mean that's that's one of the reasons why you suggested we go to pick, so I would stop talking. <laughs> And uh, let's uh, recap one more time. What do you got going on over at Dana Lane? Uh, go to my website, danalanesports.com. All my packages are up there. Uh, we have NBA coming up. We have college basketball coming up. Those season packages are available. Of course, the NFL, college basketball, uh, college football, National Hockey League, is. Uh, those packages are up. We have daily packages. We, have, uh, we can custom make a package. I mean, we basically will – listen to anything that's reasonable we our goal is to make you money i mean it's regardless um you know what our packages say or what the amount is on there you know we want you to make money so we're not going to we're not trying to price anybody out of this because we know that if you win we're always going to get our money you know those guys that they they want you to spend five grand up front or two or three grand up front to get their their daily package or this game's going to guarantee the win, you know those guys don't care about your bankroll. 
You know, they care about their quick score. If you win, great, they're going to get another quick score. If they lose, they don't care if you lose. You know, we care if you lose. We want you to build your bankroll. We want you to do it properly. And, hey, you know what? It's not anybody who is honest with you will tell you that this is not always a bed of roses. But it's what you do over a long period of time that, that counts. Your consistency, your bankroll management, and guys, the one piece of advice, whether you use us or use Eric or, you know, whatever, um, the one piece of advice I have to tell you is this is a business and you need to treat it as a business. So you need to shed your gambler's mentality. You need to stop being uh, so emotionally high or so emotionally low off of wins and losses because this is a long haul. And if you don't have the money to properly do this, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, so the, when you are in control of your money and it's not in control of you, that's when you're in a place to make money. And it is so much better to make a little money at a little bit at a time based upon what bankroll that you have than to try to get this quick score because you need that satisfaction of winning. When you're trying to look for a quick score, because you need the satisfaction of winning, you're still in I'm you're still in gambler mode. You're a gambler. And nobody can help you at that point because you always need to gamble. I'm looking for people that want to treat this as a business. There's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, and that is just the honest truth about things, but ultimately in the end we will make money for you if you do exactly what we say. Yes, and you can get a hold of me again on Twitter at Parkola Sports. Website is parkalasports.com. That's P-A-R-K-I-L-A sports.com. And if you have any questions about how we do things, you know, you can, I try to follow everybody back that follows me so we can DM and, you know, talk privately if you want. I know not everybody wants everything out there in the public, but also you can email me, Eric at parkalasports, and I'll respond to those questions as well. So there you go. There you have it. Six free plays again this week. And thanks for listening. Have a great week. Okay, guys. Have a great week.